Hey everyone, welcome back to the Arrowfans UK episode review podcast. I am your host Bradley, joined as always by my co-host Corey. Hello Corey. Hey everyone. This week we're talking about episode 17. Let's see if I can get the pronunciation of this competently. Um, Capuchin, I believe, is how Anatoly said it. Um, yeah, I, I, will, yeah, I, think. I will not mention that again during the rest of the podcast, so if it's wrong, I'll only get it wrong once. <laughs> Um, but we're here to talk about that episode. Uh, so, Corey, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, it, it's perhaps a strange way to phrase things, but I'll explain. It's honestly the first episode of Arrow kind of ever that I found genuinely interesting. And by that, I mean, I've, I've found it entertaining in the past, but the scenes between Chase and Oliver... Um, they kind of were bouncing around my brain for a few days afterwards, having having watched it. I just, just think that that meat of the episode was um, genuinely compelling. The, the flashbacks perhaps weren't as uh, weren't they perhaps didn't match it all that well in terms of quality, but they they were still fun. They they had a few more flaws, but yeah, all in all, an enjoyable episode. I think. I think it's a very harsh assessment of previous Arrow episodes, even the really good ones. Yeah, I, I I tend to be a bit harsh nowadays when it comes to Arrow, <laughs> you know, from our email chat. It's cruel. What did three ghosts ever do to you? I I think in, in all honesty, season three and four have just completely corrupted a lot of my memories of Arrow. I I, sh- I should probably go back revisit the other ones after season five and um yeah block out season three and four. Nice I, little trilogy. I don't think we'll ever truly block out season three and four, but yes. Um... Not not having such a vitriol for early season episodes that I know you liked, it, it would be ideal. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I I do see what you mean, even if I don't agree with the way that you uh you articulated it. Um, the the stuff between Oliver and and uh, Chase Prometheus, I don't know what we're gonna continue calling him, but um, those scenes were really fascinating. Uh, obviously, we we've seen Oliver doing this crusade and and doing it in in an attempt to try and save the city and i don't know i i don't think we've ever really thought about whether or not that's all there is to it and i don't think the show's ever thought about whether that or there's all that that's all there is to it and i think having him notice this and, and understand this before oliver even does is really very interesting yeah, certainly. I, it feels like fresh territory. I think in, it, sometimes um, there's been a, been a slight tendency to perhaps to tread over old ground with some of the material that's been covered. But but here it it's definitely it did feel kind of a fresh step forward, something that we haven't actually seen before in the show, and it just I guess continues to um, establish Chase, Prometheus, Simon, whatever as. Um, a really, really good, solid big bad. Yeah, it does, um, and and it's really, it's a really compelling, and I th- I think it, it's got it's a plot point and and a, a motivation for Oliver that has a lot of legs in terms of what they can do with it, because obviously Oliver is meant to be the hero here, and as much as kind of we criticise him for stupidity and and all of that. And the fact that he does kill people, he is still the hero. But if you introduce the fact that 
he realizes to himself that he is killing because he likes killing people or he he used to kill people more because he likes killing people um that suddenly adds a whole new depth to his character that no one not even himself knew was there yeah it it, it really does and um i i think that's it, it kind of typifies one of the things the show has done very well this season in that that is that they've um they've really worked hard on oliver i think as I, I kind of felt his story really just fell away last season but this time around i think he's re- really kind of asserted as the leads and is going on a genuinely interesting story this season well that was kind of quite apparent from the fact that until the final 30 seconds in the present day he was the only, well along with prometheus and evelyn obviously um he was the only one of team arrow and, and that group of main characters to actually appear so that says a lot about Arrow's focus on Oliver this season. And I think it, it was the, definitely the right thing to focus on Oliver. Um, if they had sort of cut away to the team trying to rescue him, trying to work out where he is, etc., then it would have lost quite a bit of impact. Because I think part of it was what he said, what Prometheus said last week about Oliver. And I think he mentioned it again this week um, about Oliver thinking, oh, my friends are going to come and save me, but actually he's all alone, and and he's kind of all alone in this mentality. You know, Felicity, Diggle, all the others are there because they want to try and help people. Oliver's doing this because he likes killing people. And so not only is he alone in that cell, but he's also alone in his justification for doing any of this. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think obviously you're spot on. Um, it enhanced the story they were trying to tell this week by just solely having it um, as Oliver Chase and a bit of Evelyn, really, in the present day, bar the bar that final scene. Um, and, and yeah, it it really works. It does kind of give you that feeling that um, Oliver is on his own on a number of levels, really. And I think. Um, you know, I think I've kind of got to take my metaphorical hat off to Stephen Amell this week. I think um, it probably say it was one of his best performances, I think, in the show. The, the stuff he did in the scenes with Chase, I think um, he totally sold the stuff he was given, really. You know, making you feel like Oliver's on his own, making you feel like he's lost. It, all this is kind of, um, you know, occurring to him. He, and by the end, he certainly did seem a fairly broken man. Yeah, I can't remember an Amel performance this good, this consistently good, I would say. I think that, you know, he's had scenes here and there in an episode where he has done this, but it's never been prolonged throughout the whole episode and or, or, what, or the present day throughout the whole episode. And that was pretty impressive. Like you said, by the end, I really believe that he was truly truly broken and that's that's what need that's what need to be needs to happen um the, the whole thing as good as the storytelling is this week whole thing falls apart if Amel doesn't sell that at the end there where he just looks kind of like he has no interest in living and i i don't think it is quite to that extent but it, it does have that impression yeah it's 
well, he's, he's certainly had all all the fight kind of sucked out of him at that point. Um, and yeah, it's it's just just got very little left. And I think uh, they've obviously kind of sort of dabbled in this territory briefly, I guess, in season two after the death of Moira, but never kind of in a prolonged sort of way. And um, yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see where they take him from here. No, and I think the big difference between that is that, yes, Slade killed Moira and that in itself broke Oliver. But he knew kind of what his next move was there. And it wasn't so much about hit. I mean, it was about him, but it wasn't so much about anything he does so much as what he can do to end this and to just sort of give in. Whereas with Prometheus, all he really, all he wanted from this episode and the motivations that Oliver knows to this point is to break Oliver, to put him in this situation of not wanting to go on, um, and obviously to reveal his, his secret to him in the process. And so now that Prometheus has done that and effectively won um, for the time being, Oliver hasn't, he has nothing to go for. Like he has no, um, no next step at all. And so it just makes him more broken, I think. Yeah, I think I think I'd agree with that certainly. Because I mean, back then he was just resigned to his fate. Now, I don't know. He, he he's, I think he's accepted what Prometheus told him, but that's a really, really dark look at yourself, and that's not something he'll be able to get over very easily. No, it it really isn't, and um, I I I think it's it's certainly kind of good territory to be in with the evidence we saw this week it's you know it's the writing and what amel gave us um it, you know i think there could be some some really good material ahead from this yeah definitely so sort of broadening out a little bit what do you think of the fact that we now know that oliver is killing because he likes killing or he, he was killing because he likes killing how do you think that affects your view of him um, I think I, I I think it's it's kind of one of those things that's open to interpretation in a way. I think there's a few ways you can interpret it. Obviously, first of all, you can just look at him as a serial killer who's taking glee and ending lives. Um, but I think there's other ways you could kind of look at it in a warped sort of hero way like he, he enjoys putting these bad people out of commission sort of thing um but regardless i think i i'm kind of a twisted and warped person myself and um the sort of goody two shoes heroes kind of I, I kind of find them dull and not all that compelling and I, I don't really feel my view on oliver has changed all that much from that revelation i think just I, I just probably find him more interesting as a character after after this week and after that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, we've we've often noted about how Oliver uh, does kill people, and even when he said he wasn't going to kill people anymore, the amount of people that he blatantly would have killed um, was very high. So I don't think we I don't think the fact that he kills because he likes it really changed a whole lot in terms of the fact that he has killed people because once you 
not necessarily accept that, but sort of go along with it. There's not a, it's not a whole lot more of a jump. What I would say though is that the two options that you gave, um, either he's a serial killer or just quite broken. Um, there is definitely a very psychopathic tendency to him. I would say, regardless of of what you want to view him as now, given this reveal, there is a very psychopathic tendency to his character that I don't think he'll ever be able to escape. Yeah, I I, I would I'd agree, um, and I, I think I think probably that this sort of thing is yeah exploring what he's what he's been through over those five years he was away um i kind of i kind of almost feel something like this fits and it's perhaps um perhaps some something that could have been explored earlier perhaps um that it, it totally makes sense why they're doing it now and everything um but like you said there's certainly a different edge to him now um and I, yeah, I think I think simply it enhances him as a character, and um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they use it from here. I think especially with uh, the the final sort of confrontation with Chase, it really kind of puts him in a awkward position because obviously he's a very dangerous guy, and you know, being honest, he probably deserves to die. Um, but if Oliver does kill him, then he basically proves his point. So yeah, I think that the whole psychological edge and to everything that they've been um, putting through this season is just, just going to continue. But that's never not been the case, has it? Because Chase has been throughout the last couple of episodes that we've known who he was, that he doesn't, or, and and particularly the mid-season finale as well. He doesn't want um, he, he wants Oliver to kill him. That would actually help him. And obviously, we now know why uh, to prove his point about Oliver being uh, wanting to kill, but that's never been off the table. So all it is now is Oliver understanding why he can't kill him, which, or why he shouldn't kill him, um, which certainly, which it does add another, another layer to it. And it does make it a little bit more difficult for Oliver. Um, but I wouldn't say that it's, it's wholly different from the position he was in before. Um, but I would, you know, it is still very interesting to see how Oliver's going to go about taking him down. Because is there a way that he wins? The only the only way you see him winning um, is to kill Prometheus, and if he does that, he loses. So he's in a very very difficult situation. Mm, certainly, and um, I I think I think really it's it's a nice position to be in to genuinely not be sure how they're going to finish this off. Hmm, it is. Now, you mentioned uh, hope, wishing that they'd done this earlier in the run. And I think that's very much the fault of the flashbacks because, and this ties into the flashbacks here, because obviously this week saw um, Oliver torture that guy from the Bratva and, or, or from Kovar, was he from Kovar? I can't remember. I think he was Kovar's man, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he tortured him. He tortured him. Anatoly was just aghast at what Oliver did to him and particularly the uh, I was just practicing line rather than actually trying to torture him from information. That's a really dark side of Oliver and yes he's only come into contact with Talia in the last few weeks 
and maybe it's just now that all the horrors of the last four years have been catching up with him. But you feel that given what he's been through on the island in the first two years and then Hong Kong and the island again and this year, you'd think that through all that, his darker side would have come out earlier. And yes, he's killed people. He's killed people in cold blood. Um, but it just seems like it has taken a very long time and we're very near the end of his five-year journey for him to suddenly be really dark. And I just think it, obviously, how poorly handled the flashbacks were season three and four. And yes, it might not have had quite the, this, in, this episode and the present day scenes might not have had quite the same impact as they did. But if you'd explored Oliver going into a darker place in seasons three and four, not leaping in there, but just slowly declining um, and, and have it be more apparent, then I think that the flashbacks would have benefited. And I think sort of the position of where the show started would have benefited it. And, and by extension, Oliver having this uh, be, being told here or being um, shown that he kills because he likes it, that would also have more weight to it. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. And um, I kind of have a feeling we've, we've had the conversation at some point. I'm not sure if it was on here or through email, but I, I think we were at a stage where we weren't really sure how they were going to push Oliver through in the flashbacks to kind of make him match up with season one. I, I think they're doing that now, but it has it has felt. I think I think in co- in the context of the series as a whole, it has felt quite quite a leap. Um, in in the context of the context of this season, I think it, it kind of the way he's descended in the flashbacks is is it's kind of worked for me like just just looking at the russia flashbacks it i don't know it, it kind of it's kind of sat all right but i think i think certainly the the things that they did in season three and four really kind of cost them in terms of the flashbacks if, they, if they'd nailed those and i think it it could have come together as a really good story across all five, five seasons so i think just kind of looking at it, I would agree that this season's been quite good at, at detailing his uh, descent into darkness. And to an extent, I suppose you kind of need the Tyana stuff or the equivalent of, but let's just go with the Tyana stuff from last year um, to sort of push him to this dark place in Russia and revenge and all of this. So you could have that. And I, I don't know. Is it is it the combination of the... Uh, Akio tragedy and the Tyana tragedy that's pushed him to this, but we, we suffered through a lot of sort of nothingness and repetition for just one more tragedy. And I think we only really needed one of those seasons, and and obviously to be considerably better than they were. But I think we only needed one of those seasons to sort of make Oliver have. Sort of, sort of light a fire inside of him, make him want revenge, make him want to be, you know, make him into this killer, and then explore it. You know, take until episode seventeen of this hypothetical season four to actually get into what it, what he is now. But then you've got a whole other season to actually push him further and make him more like the guy in season one, rather than having to rush it through because we've got six episodes left till the end of the season, and at the end of the season. 
that's where it all cuts off. That's where he ends up in the pilot. And it, I mean, we're going to get there because we have to get there. But it does feel like we're just getting from point A to point Z and skipping over everything in the middle. Or, mm. or not not skipping over, but rushing through it. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly does. I, I think I think probably looking back, season four was the costly one. I think there were patches in season three which which were perhaps possible because I'm pretty sure he tortured general whatever yep. his name was didn't he yep. in the closing episode so yeah there were there and, he, was... and he, he was shown torture early on in the season by amanda mm-hmm. he tortured that guy um unsuccessfully of course but yeah there were those signs in there as well yeah and then you know be, being quite honest the season four flashbacks were a complete waste of time um yeah. that yeah there was there was nothing in there that was of any use whatsoever that that was the season i think to really kind of push on the transition and then season five you could have properly explored it in um in great depth but yeah i think they're still they they have kind of jumped ahead now and you kind of argue that he's he's probably on on track again i'd say now to link up with where where we meet him in the pilot but yeah it's a, it's a shame really that they they haven't managed to deliver that properly Mm. And it, it, it's sad too that it deprived us of, of potentially a lot more of this, and a lot more of this would have been really great, and we missed out on that. Yeah, certainly. I think it's it's missed potential. It's um, it, you know consi- considering all all the rubbish last season, if the, if the flashbacks had held true and kind of been what they pe- perhaps should have been, then we would have at least had something good to talk about. Yeah, we would, and that would have helped a lot. Um, jumping back to the present day, because obviously we're still talking about Oliver. Uh, the torture scenes were very, very dark. They were. It was. Um, it. It certainly. I think Arrow has always been. It's always had a darkness about it, but this did kind of feel a step further. It did. It did, and just to kind of highlight the darkness, um, I know this to you, and I, and I, I've, I'm, I'm amused by this, probably more than I should be. But on the same week that Arrow breaks its main lead, um, puts an arrow through his shoulder, pretends to kill someone um, who was once his colleague. I was going to say friend, but that would be a lie. Um, kill someone in front of him. On the same week that Arrow does that, the Flash did a musical. It it's it's quite the context and yeah I this is a com- completely different debate but you do kind of wonder what Arrow could have been had those other shows perhaps not come along. Yeah, yeah, I think we might have had that discussion a few weeks ago, or or at least um, off air had that discussion. But um, yeah. <laughs> would have been so nice wouldn't it if we didn't have to go through all of that in season three and four to set up legends and flash and everything um but that it is what it is we, we had to cope with it um, yeah yeah but yeah the torture scenes were very very dark surprisingly so um i mean i i expected a, a, a quite harsh feel to them but they went above and beyond obviously you've got um prometheus 
getting revenge for the count in in a sense by putting he only ended up putting one arrow through Oliver I believe uh, having said that he was going to put all three through him but I mean three probably would have killed him uh, obviously he pretended to kill Evelyn we'll come on to her in a minute uh, he beat hit, beat Oliver it was just very rough to watch yeah it it was it was a new level but at, at the same time i think it was um completely in keeping with prometheus and everything they're doing with that with that storyline i think i think we said it before if, you, if you're going to go dark you go dark you go, go all out I, I think an episode like this says there's no sense showing restraint really you just you just go for it oh yeah if the torture scenes had been any less than this i'd have probably been asking questions as to why they were less in it and why they didn't feel that they could go to this extent because although it wasn't easy to watch and i, I can't imagine it would have been easy to actually make this but it, it it's so important that they capture this and so important that the show makes you feel like oliver can be broken because we know that with the exception of sort of being um not overwhelmed, but sort of uh, pushed around in different directions by Felicity mainly. But uh, we know that he's very difficult to break. You know, he he rarely changes his stance on anything. Um, only really Tommy and Moira's death, and, and to an extent Laurel's death, sort of came close to breaking him. Obviously, we mentioned Moira earlier. That was probably the closest he's come to this. But Nothing that we've seen has really pushed him to this extent of, I, as I mentioned, I don't want to go on. And so, yes, you can reveal to Oliver that, uh, you know, reveal to him that he kills because he likes it. That's all well and good. But if you don't cap, if you don't really sell the fact that Prometheus has tortured him for days, six of them, in fact, then it loses all of its impact. Yeah, yeah, it it properly does. Um, yeah, I I I think like you say if if they hadn't gone all out, you would have been asking questions. And th I think if if they hadn't shown us what they'd shown us, they hadn't put Oliver through what he went through. Then when he gets the end and basically decides he he doesn't want to be the Green Arrow anymore, then it it just wouldn't have quite rung true. I think considering everything that we saw him go through it it feels a natural reaction to find him in in that position yeah it does it, it really does and although it kind of took me by surprise and hang on a minute oliver's giving up the green arrow mantle at the same time it's a very much very much a case of yeah that makes sense as to why he'd want to do that it won't be permanent obviously because the show is still called arrow um he will put the hood back on at some point probably i want to say probably next week i kind of hope it's not but knowing arrow it will be won't it um so he's obviously going to come back but yeah you got to make it believable and yeah that's that was the next step yeah it, it absolutely was and um yeah I'm, I'm i'm really glad they went there and um 
you know, don't don't get me wrong. There is there's a lot that was enjoyable about the flashbacks this week, but I I would have watched a whole episode of just just chasing Oliver in in that room, you know, back and forth. Give us the whole six days. I I think it would have been a corker. Yeah, I agree. I think I'd have probably needed some sort of um, positivity after watching it. Um, yes, quite because, possibly. Because I'd probably be in a similar position to Oliver with regards to misery, but um, it it would have been great. I'd, I'd love watching it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. No, you know the scenes we've got. I think it they they showed that they they had total confidence in what they were doing and could have pulled it off for an entire episode, but. But yeah, I mean, the flashbacks were dark, but they, they still had a bit more, well, they had Anatoly, so um, they had that lighter side. Yeah, they did. And in, I mean, in comparison to what went on in the present day, pretty much anything is light. Yeah, that, yeah, it, yeah, it is. Yeah. One final thought before we move on to the flashbacks. Um, at least that solves Oliver's problem of the SCPD having ordered to shoot on site whenever they see the Green Arrow. That is true. That is true. There's your silver lining. Ooh, I'm not going to get shot anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, flashbacks. I felt the first 10 minutes of these, I felt were quite slow. And I very much just wanted to get back to the present day. And I don't, that feeling never really went away because of how great the present day stuff was. But it very quickly managed to form itself into something that I wanted to see. Um, you know, the, the initiation ceremony and Anatoly going to see Kovar and those long exposition sequences of, oh, okay, this is what's happening. Um, Kovar's going to destroy the Russian government. That was all kind of, yeah, okay. Kovar's going to destroy the Russian government, but yeah, it's not, not really appealing to me right now. But um, they, they recovered well. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's fair. I think they, they certainly took a little while to get themselves going. Um, but, yeah, once they did, um, there, there's a fair bit of material in there that was, um, that was entertaining. But like you say, I think the competition they had from the present-day scenes probably probably didn't help. I think, you know, if, if the episode had been a bit more run-of-the-mill in the present day, then I think... Um, the flashbacks would have been the highlight. Yeah, I would agree. That being said, the uh, the logic issues with the flashbacks, particularly towards the end, were noticeably apparent and very frustrating. Namely, and this was the one that really, really annoyed me, Arrow doesn't seem to understand how gas works. No, I think um, yeah, we've 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 talked about this over email. It it, I I think for an episode which kind of felt qu quite sleek and sophisticated, almost for a lot of it, it it did kind of do itself a disservice when the logic began began to fall away towards the end, especially with the gas stuff. Well, I mean, there's a bit even in the middle where uh, they shot at the truck with the sarin gas in. It exploded, it hit one of the canisters, it killed Anatoly's man, no, sorry, Kovar's, I think it was Kovar's man in it, um, or whoever it was, it killed him instantly, fair enough. 
And then Kovar's man went and got in the back 15 seconds later, and he could be in there with no protection whatsoever. And that is not right at all. Um, that there is no way that that's dissipated that quickly and sort of come out of the canister in its entirety as well and then dissipated. That's not happening. And then uh, Oliver managing to turn off the canister without getting wind of any of it. Okay, it's directed, but I still feel like it's going to affect him. And then Anatoly conveniently being the only one who can he, he, he can survive in that room with the gas the longest and then once Kovar and Oliver come in it seems to have cleared out and they're fine in there as well it just it was so convenient and forced and illogical how they handle all of that it, it was it's <laughs> oh yeah it's a lazy writing, really. I mean, it's, uh, you know, for example, after the first of Kovar, Kovar's men has been off by the gas, the next one jumping up there, it, it doesn't take much for them to, you know, just put a mask on or something. It's you know, four or five words or whatever in the script. It, it really isn't much. And, um, it is just little details like that that can kind of take you out of an episode. Yeah, and then when it comes to Oliver stopping the gas, I, I, I mean, I don't have any ideas on how you do that better, but you do it better, essentially. Um, Anatoly getting him out of the room rather than him just kind of standing there with a napkin in front of his face and then have Oliver and Kovar fight in a different room. It, it's not difficult, yeah. but all of that just makes me look at that and go... Well, I have less of an appreciation for all of this now because none, you know, they should all be dead. All, all three of those main characters yeah. should be dead. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the the stuff in the present day, you could see that um, there's clearly a lot of thought put into what they were writing there, what they come up with, and yeah, it's it's not even hard to just afford the flashbacks. The, the same thing. No, it isn't, and I, I think in an episode that was otherwise, and I think you know narratively those flashbacks were pretty strong in the end, but it's just little details like that that ruin it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree. They they were certainly strong, but just just a few needless black marks. Now that being said, as well, um, my appreciation for the flashbacks diminished even further when uh, Anatoly. Um, under the influence of alcohol, as Oliver notes, um, tells Oliver that he likes killing, and that's why he wears the mask and has this different identity. <sighs> Look, the stuff with Prometheus in the present day and this whole exploration of Oliver, really great. But that is completely negated if you have Oliver get told this five years ago. Yeah, it, it by, is. By, by probably not only his best friend, but probably his only friend at this point. Yeah, it, it, yeah, like you say, is negated and it. It's just, just unnecessary. I mean, yeah, you know, that, that scene just, it, it just doesn't, 
doesn't really add to the episode. It just kind of makes you roll your eyes and just just does the whole thing a disservice. I mean, you know, you could have just spent a few more scenes and a few more seconds, minutes or whatever in the present rather than give us something like that. Yeah, there is no need for him to know. There's no need for Agnatoli to tell Oliver exactly what he's now learning in the present day. Because suddenly you go, well, hang on a minute, Oliver, why did you not think about... How have you not thought about this before? Because I think a lot of the Oliver stuff now hinges on the fact that Oliver hasn't thought about this before. You know, he... not not It wasn't so much that he wasn't willing to admit it. It was that he didn't really understand it until now. And if you've got Anatoly telling him this five years ago, all of that goes out the window because... He should have realised sooner. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, yeah, it's just just a poor choice, really, on there. But hmm. so that's disappointing. Um, but yeah, uh, Kovar is also still alive, despite having been seemingly killed. Yeah, and um, it, that that wake up scene was was pretty ridiculous that was like something something out of a horror movie from the 70s or something with that ridiculously dramatic high opening yeah it, it was almost comedic it yeah it that's exactly it 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 was it was um it was strange and speaking of people who should be dead but are not um malcolm merlin was in the flashbacks <laughs> yeah, I, I I did actually learn he's going to be in this episode before it aired, and um, well, I, I was relieved that it was in flashbacks, and I, I I must admit I did like the scene between him and Anatoly, but um, that was but, something I never knew I needed until I got it. You know, the gangster line was inspired. Um, <laughs> Genius! I think we found a new yeah. best line of the show. It's only been yeah, two episodes, I, I, but we found a new one. I, I think we have certainly, um, but but yeah, I th- I think um, it it certainly wasn't the worst use of Malcolm in recent seasons. Um, yeah, I, I I think I think simply they've it, I'm I'm kind of fine with them using old, using old characters again, and um, you know I guess it's kind of almost nice to see that Malcolm was you know still up to no good even before Oliver got back. Yeah, I mean, we knew that, but um, yeah, it was did. nice to see it on screen, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed John Barrowman here. We haven't seen him since the 100th episode, I believe. I don't, I think that was the last time we saw him. Um, and yeah, he, he was fun. Obviously, the Anatolia scene was great. That being said, Anatolia is to blame for Tommy's death. Yep, he is. Because if he just told Oliver that the American businessman was named Malcolm Merlin, or indeed if Oliver had asked, then all of that could have been avoided. Yep. <laughs> so, good going, Anatoly. You killed 503 people and Oliver's best friend. Well, as it's Anatoly, I think we can let him off. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Um... Yeah, I'm interested to see how uh, how much Malcolm features again in the rest of the season. Um, obviously, him working with Kovar to get the Markov device ties into season one. I don't know if they need to do anything more with it than just have this implication that he was working with Kovar. He brought, helped bring him back to life. 
and that Kovar in return would obviously going to help him get that device. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I I think I'm with you. I I don't think they need to do any any more with it. It was a nice little callback, but but yeah, but I guess we'll have to see it. You know, if if they do have him pop up again and they do it well, then fair enough. Mm, indeed. Uh, we skipped over Evelyn talking about the present day. What do you think of her return? I I had forgotten that she was even a character. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I I guess it it's. It's good to kind of deal with that, but she still makes absolutely no sense as a character. And um, almost on the one hand, I'm glad that it, it was a fake out just because it, it would have seemed kind of pointless to have her disappear for a load of episodes and then, you know, come back for a bit just, just to be killed off. But at the same time, considering how she's a bit all over the place as a character i probably wouldn't have minded if that had been the case as well no i was disappointed when she was still alive um i i don't i i'm beyond you know like i said i'd forgotten that she was even a character as much as it would be good character well competent character work should we say um to actually establish why she's working with prometheus and why she betrayed oliver um or to, to better establish it uh that would be good, but at the same time, I'm not sure her being in more episodes out is more beneficial than just getting rid of her. Yeah, I I think so. I'm not I'm not really sure what 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 good she can actually do. Uh, nope, I have nothing. Nope. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she. I, I kind of saw. I don't know. I don't know if I saw that coming or not. It it seemed a bit. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed a bit weird that he killed her like that. Um, in part, you know, partly the way he killed her, just it, it looked a bit fishy. But um, I don't know. I don't. I I I've really not really not interested in Evelyn. No, no, neither am I, to be honest. Remember when we predicted that she'd be dead by, like, episode 11? Couldn't that have happened? <laughs> it, yeah, it, it probably would have, would have made life easier. Yeah, would have done. Um, I think we're done. Yeah, I suppose the, the only other thing we can mention is the news we got this week about Katie Cassidy returning. We can. So... Katie Cassidy is returning as a series regular. Um, she'll be reprising her role as Black Siren, obviously from a couple of episodes of The Flash last year, and obviously the mid-season premiere here. Uh, she'll be in the last two episodes of the season this year, are you correct? Yep, yep, that's right. Yep, and then series regular for season six. Um, my sort of prevailing question out of this is, what happens to Dina? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I mean... Um, I, I, in in fairness, I guess we have to see what happens with the rest of the season first. But if if they get rid of her, then it, it just gets such a mess and looks really amateur. It does. Well, that kind of brings me on to my next question: Is you kill Laurel? Well, it's not really a question, more an observation. But you kill Laurel, okay? Not ideal, but okay, sure. Then 
less than a season later, you bring in a Black Canary. Bearing in mind, you've also brought in a character, albeit it turns out to be a villain, but you've brought in a character that can replace her of the DA. So you've replaced her on two fronts. And then two months after bringing in this new Black Canary, you reveal that Cassidy's other character in the, the universe, the Earth 2 version of Laurel, is going to be a regular. Obviously, Black Siren has the same powers as the Canary. So, is this just, my question, is this just an attempt to kind of rectify what they now see as a mistake in killing Laurel? And they're just going about it in a very arrow-like weird way? Or, I mean, what is this? Um, well... Yeah, I mean, there's three possibilities. Obviously, I think I, either it is a mistake, and um, you know, we'll we'll see that come to come to fruition in the next few episodes. They're they're gonna keep both of them, or I guess the other prospect is that Black Zone is the big bad next year. I mean, I can't really see that because I think they've kind of set her up for a redemption arc almost, and especially with her cropping up in the final two episodes. I'm guessing. We'll get some inclination of the direction of travel there, but but yeah, it's uncertain, and I think at the minute it doesn't appear that good a move. But yeah, I guess we'll just have to see. I'm not sure whether I prefer her as a villain for the season or having a redemption arc. I think both are not great. No, I think yeah, but both both are pretty sketchy. Yeah, my stance on this is simply this. I like, you know, I, I like Kate Cassidy. I'm not particularly bothered by her returning. I have very little interest in the Black Siren character. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think, um, obviously, we talked about it. She Killing her off was stupid. Arguably, bringing her back is it's kind of a case of two wrongs don't really make them right. Um, but, yeah, I... I I think if if they bring her back, then they actually have to do something with her. Whereas, obviously, before she died, Laurel was fairly sidelined, and you know, I think I just kind of don't don't really see the point of bringing bringing her back to just do that all over again. Yeah, it it does feel like they killed off one character to try and now replace her and do stuff the same stuff they could have done with her. To do that with three different people. Yeah, it it just. It's it's fairly messy and um well I guess you could just kind of tell that the show's being made up as they go along rather than there seemingly being a very clear plan there. And there's no problem if shows are being made up as they go along, but this is so this is this is very much the made up as they go along version of the made up as they go along type of storytelling, which is just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um but we'll see. Um, I'm not particularly sold on this, but who knows? Yeah, I get. I guess we'll just have to see. Um, it, on the plus side, I think the writing has picked up so far this season. You know, we've been getting some pretty good stuff. So, yeah, if, if that carries on, then hopefully it'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. As long as they can keep that going, then it'll be fine. But um, I, I fear that the problem is keeping that going. Yes, me too. <laughs> Um, and extending it towards a character of Laurel. So, 
but we we will see. We we can't really judge it until next year. No, no. Um. So yeah, I do think that's it for the episode. Um, which I almost named but did not. Uh. So let's talk about next week's episode. It's called Disbanded. Um, we can obviously work out why from this episode it's called Disbanded. Um, but I'll read the press release. Oliver calls on the Bratwater for help. Diggle and Felicity are shocked by Oliver's decision to call on the Bratwater to help take down Prometheus. Concerned the Bratwater may overstep, Diggle has a hard conversation with Oliver about what happens if things go south. Meanwhile, Felicity learns something shocking at Helix. So, presumably, I mean, I mean obviously, let, let's, let me preface this by saying Prometheus is obviously not going to die this week. He's not going to die in episode 18. That's just not going to happen. But, does he still win if Oliver has the Bratva kill him? Um, well, yeah. I, I, I'd, probably, I'd probably say so, because he's kind of he's forced him into it. Um, and... You know, it's proven that Oliver want, wants him dead. So, yeah, I guess it, it's still proving his point in a way. Is um, Oliver's clearly orchestrating it? Um, whereas, you know, say say if Prometheus got killed by someone else and Oliver wasn't aware of it and found out later, then I I don't think Prometheus wins then. But um, but yeah, in, in this case, I think if if the Bradford did kill him, then um yeah it, it's still yeah i'd agree with that um next question the mention of the brat of our overstepping what would that entail um... because obviously oliver calling on them to help take down prometheus kind of comes with the implication that they're going to kill him i i feel like that is a given and yes Diggle might be concerned that Prometheus is going to get killed, or Oliver's going to go back into killing, or whatever it is. But at the same time, there doesn't seem like a real way to stop this guy without killing him. Um, and I know that's probably a, a short-sighted approach, but how... Do you, you know, he, he's so dangerous. He's very much one of those too dangerous to be left alive. And so, presume Diggle must be expecting the brother to come in and try and kill Prometheus. So what is overstepping? Mm, it's it's a good question. Um yeah, I I don't know. It's it's kind of a kind of a hard one to say. I guess it, it all it can be is a difference in methods. Um yeah, perhaps innocent people put at risk or something. Yeah, that might be it. Um, but I mean, with Prometheus on the loose, innocent people are already at risk. Yeah, exactly. But um, we, we will see. Um, uh, maybe Diggle can just have a heart to heart with uh, the guy who considers him his favourite American. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> yes, we got we got Dina as well, who is also his favourite American, and obviously Oliver, his other favourite American. So he's not short of favourite Americans. No, no, certainly not. Um, Felicity discovering something shocking at Helix. I have no idea what that could be. No, no, me neither. Um, I, I suspect it's probably a more sinister side to things, perhaps. Um, but which, which isn't a bad thing. I think um, it'll be good to have a, have a bit of a 
fresh injection of life into that story and um, push it on. Yeah, particularly considering uh, I can never remember her name, the woman who recruited Felicity, given that her expression is one of permanent joy and happiness and sort of positivity, it would be nice to see something sinister. It, it would, certainly. Because, I mean, Felicity's only in this place because she's only doing this because she's in a dark place. And everything that comes from that woman just screams the exact opposite. It, it does. It does, doesn't really fit the story that they were seemingly going for at the moment. So, um, yeah, I think a darker edge would be a good thing. Even when she was telling Felicity, look, you know, you need to do something for us. It was a, I don't really want to tell you this, you know, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I'm kind of hoping you would do something for us. I'm pretty sure she was even smiling, like saying that. It's just, I, you know, fine if that's that her character, but it doesn't fit with what they're doing with Felicity. So hopefully this sort of delves in, delves in deeper um, and adds, as you said, a little bit more life to it. Yeah, I I think it's, uh, I think you know, we've we've said a lot how Felicity needs her own story and um, yeah, I think the material's there, so um, hopefully they can do some good stuff with it. Indeed. Uh, prediction: Does Oliver put on the Green Arrow hood in this episode? Um, I'm I'm gonna say no. I I think he'll be in a much better place by the end of the episode, but. Um. Yeah, I I just I certainly hope they don't because I think it it would feel it certainly feel too early and do a disservice to everything they did in this episode to have it undone as quickly as that. Yeah, I agree, and I think, and I'm going completely off memory here, and so I could be very wrong, um, as tends to be the case. But I think if he doesn't wear the costume in this episode, um then it will be only the second time that he's not done it, and the first time would be the hundredth. Admittedly, actually, no, he didn't even. He didn't even have it in the uh, in the flash sideways, did he? So, yeah, that this would be only the second episode he doesn't wear the costume. Yeah, that's that's quite something, and um, I obviously get it with the type of show. Um, that arrow is but i almost think more episodes where he, he, he doesn't see up and you know you spend a bit more time with character and whatever wouldn't have been a bad thing but you know we're in season five now so we're not going to have a rapid shift to that sort of thing it's called arrow Corey. yes exactly <laughs> you know admittedly we could have done with a bit more oliver queen at times but it's called arrow he's going to be wearing that costume every week for some reason or another yeah. Actually, the only other time that he may not, he wasn't doing it is when he was in the Ra's al Ghul get-up. But, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that was the same suit and they just applied the green filter when he was the Arrow. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will accept that. Um, I think that's it, though. Yeah, I, I think we've ticked everything off. Wonderful. Okay. Well, I hope everyone's enjoyed this podcast and we will see you next week. <laughs>